If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Here we find in the, book, in the chapter of Deuteronomy, the Israelites have left Egypt. They've gone through the 40 years of the wilderness. 40 years in the wilderness. And now they are ready to enter into the promised land. And in Deuteronomy, Moses addresses the Israelites on three different occasions throughout this book. And all to prepare the people to enter into the promised land. So you can say he gives three speeches or, or, or sermons to the Israelites regarding being ready, what it takes to be ready to enter into this land that God has promised us. And we find here in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15, Moses once again speaks to the Israelites and he says this. He says, now listen. He says, today I am giving you a choice between life and death. He says, between prosperity and disaster. And he continues in verse 16, and he says this, he says, for I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, to keep his decrees and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, Moses says, you will live. Not only will you live, you will multiply. And the Lord, your God, will bless you. And the land you are about to enter and occupy. But he continues in verse 17, he says, But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land. You are crossing the Jordan to occupy. And Moses continues in verse 19, and he says this. He says, oh, that you would choose life. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I pray that you choose life. He says, so that you and your descendants might live. I want to pray over this message this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Father, for your word which brings life. Lord, it is your word that has been brought this morning, Lord. Use me as a vessel, as a mouthpiece, Lord God, to speak to your church, to speak to the body, to give direction, Lord, so that we can live and not just live, Lord, but to live an abundant life as you have commanded us and called us to do. Father, help us to be obedient to your voice. We know that we will see blessing in doing this. In Jesus' name we pray. The church says, amen and amen. I see, I can see Moses speaking right now to them. The urgency, the urgency in Moses' voice. Why? Because Moses was about to die. 
God already told Moses that his time was coming close and that he was going to be leaving the earth and going up with the Lord. And so you can imagine the urgency in the words of Moses to the Israelites. And I'm sure he was pleading with them and urging them, look, I'm not going to be with you forever. I'm going to be leaving here real soon. But I urge you in the commands of the Lord to be obedient, to follow these things. And if you follow it, you will be blessed just as I have been blessed. But Moses, I'm sure, was saying, you know what, but, even, but I even know what it's like to disobey God. I even know what it's like to not trust fully in God. That he could use me in this capacity. I know what it's like. And so I urge you today, I urge you to trust God. Why? Because he will never let you down. He will never fail you. And in those times when, when, you, when you think you can't do it, God will, God will still make a way to use you. God will still make a way for you to come to a place of understanding and trust in him. And then you will see that, that there is no one like God. And so you can sense the urgency in his voice. I can. As he tells him on, on you know, one, one of his last breaths that he was to take on this earth and to give them instruction. I titled this message this morning, The Fourth Quarter. The Fourth Quarter. Moses was giving that fourth quarter talk. That fourth quarter speech to that team who may have, who may have come in the, uh, uh, they, 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 they go into the locker room and they look defeated and they look worn out. They look beaten up. They look like they can't go on any longer. And that coach gives that fourth quarter talk. How many have heard that talk before? You can do it. You leave it all on the field, right? When you go out there, you don't take anything with you. You leave it all there. Whatever you have left, you leave it there. Every bit of strength and ambition and fight that you possess, you leave it on that field. Because we're, we're not leaving losers today. That even, that even if we don't, even if we don't win on that scoreboard, we win because we didn't quit. But how many know that with God, we always win, right? We're always victorious in God. The fourth quarter, I believe that we find ourselves today in the fourth quarter, not just in the year of 2022, because how many know we're in the fourth quarter of this year right now? This is, this is the fourth quarter. We go into a new year next month. But not only do we find ourselves in the fourth quarter of 2022, we find ourselves in the fourth quarter in our spiritual life as well. Why? Because we are living in end times. 
I know people always, you know, people have been saying that for years. We're in the end times. You know, maybe in the, in the 70s when you, were, when you were growing up or in the 80s or the 90s, whenever it was, in the 60s, whenever it was, you were hearing this is the end times. And you, and you think, well, how many, how many times am I going to keep hearing that? Well, see, a thousand of our years is like one year to God. <laughs> he doesn't go by our time. So when you think of the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, it wasn't too long ago. To God, that's nothing. But you look out in the world, and it's evident that we are in end times. In a world of disorder, in a world where, where everyone just seems to do whatever they want to do without fear of consequence, we're in end times. In a world where no one regards life anymore, we're in end times. See, Moses had that urgency to tell them, look, look, the day is not far ahead. It's not. Your days on this earth will not be forever. And so right now, you must choose to follow Christ. You must choose to follow the Father. Make a choice. Turn your hearts to God. Do this and you will live. Do it not and surely you will die. Moses urged the Israelites to keep the commands and laws of God in their life. You see, in order to fully live and obey the commands and laws of the Lord, someone would have to be completely perfect. You would have to be completely perfect. Now, one of us in here can live according to every single law that God has given to us. You think of the Ten Commandments. How many of those have we broken? You can't keep to all of them or else you'd be sinless. So why did God do that? Why did God give us the law if, we, if he knew that we couldn't keep it? I believe as Paul believed, that is to show us that we need a savior. <laughs> it's to show us that we are imperfect, but that we serve a perfect God. And that if you surrender your heart to him, he is going to help you to live that godly life. No, you won't be sinless. But there'll be a lot less going on. You'll be making decisions to follow Christ. You'll see, you'll see improvement in your relationships, I guarantee it. Because as you cultivate that relationship with God, you begin to understand how to treat others. As God continues to be, to be faithful and loving to you, you can be that to others. We can forgive, amen? How many of us here have trouble forgiving? Don't raise your hand, but have trouble forgiving. It's tough, right? It depends on what the offense is. 
It's not easy for us to forgive at times. For others to tell you to forgive is, is, is kind of like rude, isn't it? Well, you need to forgive. See, but God is telling us to forgive. Why? Why is that any different? Because God forgives you of much. <laughs> That's the difference. God has forgiven you of things that you should not be forgiven of. In my life as well. And because of that, and because of that, we are to forgive. When God says, you need to forgive, then you say, yes, Father, I will. I will, knowing full well what you have done for me. Paul says these words in Romans chapter 10 and verse 5. He says, for Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. This is Paul talking about what Moses had just said. But Paul says this, he says, but faith's way of getting right with God says this in verse 9. That if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Oh, that's, that's amazing to you and I. Because that says that, that we, don't, we don't have to, to keep the laws the rest of our lives because we know that, that we're going we're gonna to stumble. We don't do it on purpose, but we stumble. And he says, it, if you've broken some of the laws, don't worry. Because the way to salvation is turning your heart to Jesus Christ. That's the way to salvation. It's not by being perfect, but allowing the perfect sacrifice to wash you of your sin. Verse 10, he says, For it is by believing in your heart. Where must you believe? In your heart. That you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. See, Paul echoes Moses' words in saying that we must have a heart after God. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. Isaiah writes this, and he says, He wakens me morning by morning wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. Church, this morning, we need an awakening. You and I, we need an awakening. The church of God needs an awakening. The body of Christ needs an awakening this morning. I'm not talking about the way the world may, may, may place it because some of us may be awake, but we're not awakened. Romans 13 verse 11 says this, Paul writes, you must do this because you know that the time has come for you to wake up. Say that with me, wake up. Hit your neighbor and tell him, wake up. He says, wake up from your sleep. 
for the moment when we will be saved is closer now than it was when we first believed. The, the night is nearly over, Paul says. Day is almost here. Let us stop doing the things that belong to the dark and let us take up weapons for fighting in the light. What was Paul saying? Well, in other words, Paul was saying, we need to take off those dirty clothes of dark deeds in our lives. And we need to put on the shiny armor of right living. Amen. How many of you want to put on that shiny armor of right living in your life this morning? You want to take off those dirty clothes of all those, of all those secret sins in your life? those things that no one here may know about. You want to take those things off and get rid of it and put on the armor of right living. We need to be awakened. Awakened to the need for God's supernatural transform, transformation power to take place in this world. As those turn their hearts to God, that they will see that supernatural power at work in their lives. We need to be awakened that we would understand that we are in the fourth quarter. That clock is ticking. This is the time. Now is the time to make it right. Now is the time to fight. Now is the time to give it all that you have. Now is the time to leave it all on the field. You go out in that battle. Why? Because we're in the battle each and every day of our lives. That's why, that's why you may feel so worn out at times. Because you're in a daily battle. You may not realize it, but spiritually this has taken place in your life each and every day. That the church would live lives that please God. That others would see what it's like to have a relationship with God. That others would see that supernatural power, what it can do in your life. How it has changed you. How it has redirected you. That you would see God's supernatural healing power when people turn from their wicked ways, as God's word says. That when you turn from your wicked ways, that you will see healing take place. That when you seek God, you will see that healing take place in your life. What comes from that? Instead of division, we will, we will experience unity. You will experience unity. Instead of, instead of anger and bitterness, we will be filled with God's love and show forgiveness to others as God has shown us. Instead of disbelief and despair, 
you and I would experience that real hope that is only found in trusting in God. You got to trade all those things for what God has. Trade all that anger. Trade all that bitterness. Trade all that division. Trade all the, the despair. God is going to give you, he's going to give you his love. He's going to give you, uh, he's going to give you unity. He's going to give you hope. Church, we need an awakening. Lord, wake me up to the, to the, to the things that are taking place in the world. Lord, allow me, to, allow me to see what is taking place so that I can know what to pray for. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. When you see these things take place in the world, does it, does it break your heart? Or do, we, or do we think, oh, you know what, there's no hope for them. Let's just leave them be. Let them come to their own demise. Or do we seek God and we get on our knees and say, God, please help them not to die in their sin. Lord, for we don't want anyone. Lord, you don't want anyone to live forever without you. Are we awake to the battle that we find ourselves in? The battle for our mind the battle for our thoughts, the battle for our children, the battle for our marriages, the battle for our relationships, the battle for our soul. See, church, we need an awakening. We need to wake up and see that we are in the fourth quarter. That clock is ticking right now. What are you going to do with the time that God has given to you? That last 15 minutes that that team goes out there and says, you know what, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give it my all. I'm leaving it all on the field. This is it. There's no going back to change the first, second, and third quarter. That already happened. We leave it in the past. Let's make that change in the fourth. How many of you like a good comeback story? I, I, I love seeing those comeback games as long as my team isn't the one being beaten at the end. <laughs> then I'm just really furious. <laughs> Turn the TV off before it even ends. <laughs> How many of you ever left a game thinking it was over and then when, you know, when, you're, when you're in the parking lot, you can hear all the cheering. You're like, oh, man, oh, you got to be kidding me. You missed the comeback. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. We take care of it in the fourth quarter, amen? Whatever took place earlier this year, it doesn't matter. We, we're, we're living in right now. How many of you are living in today right now? All right, that's good. I won't ask how many of you are living in the past, amen, but if you are, we can pray for you today, for you to be delivered of that stronghold of the past and whatever has taken place. God wants to, God wants to break, you, uh, break you free from that stronghold, amen? 
He does not want you living in the past. He wants you to move forward. And so thank God we're in the fourth quarter. Thank God we're living for right now. But never forgetting the future as well. We don't just live for right now not thinking about the future. We got to make sure that we prepare the next generation. Secondly, we need to maintain a strong prayer life. You and I, if we are going to be victorious, need to maintain a strong prayer life. We need to keep that line of communication open with God. Do you understand, and I ask you this question, do you understand the power of prayer? Do you really understand? I was thinking about when Brother Dean Braxton came down to speak to us, and one of the things that he mentioned that really stood out to me this time that he was here, many things did, but one of the things really did. And he spoke about prayer. And he said, he, he made this comment, and, 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 and this is not a quote because he may have said it a little differently, but more or less this is what he said. He said, do you know how hard it is for your loved one to not accept Christ in their heart and turn their hearts toward God? Do you know how hard it is for them to refuse to do that when you pray for them? Now, I don't know if any of you heard that when he said it, but that hit me like a semi-truck. That was one of those moments when you hear someone speak about something and you hear them say something that it was just like a, an eye-opener. I've had many eye-openers in my life of, of things that I've heard, and this is one of them. He says, do you realize how difficult it is for that loved one to not get saved when you are praying for them? And I was like, wow, wow, that was it for me. At that point, man, God spoke to me like, like, like never before on, on the subject of prayer, on the power of prayer. And since then, I've been praying, oh my goodness, I've been praying like, 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 like everything you pray for is going to happen, amen? I've been praying like there is real power in prayer. I don't know what I was praying before, but it's different now. It's different now. There's a different understanding. It's a different view. Now when I pray, it's like, oh my goodness, if I pray for this, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. It's going to happen. Now I don't mean that if I pray for a Ferrari, it's gonna, it's gonna pop up in my, in my driveway. Even though I do pray for Ferraris, <laughs> you think I'm lying, huh? <laughs> I loved that car since I was a little kid. But for some reason, God knows that it's not his, it's not his will for my life. For some reason. <laughs> Is it because God doesn't want me to have fun? No. Because God doesn't want me to get speeding tickets every single day of my life. I believe that. <laughs> but when we think about prayer, we think, we think that 
like that sometimes. We think, why isn't God giving me this and giving me that? Because I'm praying for it. Why isn't God giving me that Ferrari? Why isn't God giving me this or that? I've been seeking him for it. See, not only do we need to understand the power of prayer because God, God hears our prayer, Brother Dean Braxton says, he says the fastest thing that's taken place is, 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 the, is the answering of prayers. Remember that? He said the fastest, the, the, the fastest thing you see is God sending angels, amen, to answer prayers. That when someone prays, God sends. When, 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 when someone asks, God gives. He says, and it happens so fast. He says, and it's constant. And so God is answering prayers. But what we must come to understand is that just because we don't get what we want when we ask it doesn't mean that prayer doesn't work. See, prayer is powerful, but we need to accept God's answer. You and I need to accept the response of God. If God says, Look, listen, listen, maybe this isn't right for you right now. You can't get in God's face and say, God, you are not true to your word. Because he didn't give you what you wanted, like a spoiled little brat. I'm, I'm preaching to myself, so don't get offended. <laughs> we need to accept his response. We need to be happy with it. But know this very important thing, that God is always answering prayer. Even when the answer is no, oh, he gives you comfort. He gives you joy. He gives you peace. He gives you understanding. He gives you strength. In those times, in those times when you ask God to change a situation in your life, Maybe you're praying for healing, uh, and, and, and you pray, and you don't see that healing take place right away. Know that God is giving you the strength, amen, to get through it. Know that God, is, that, that, that God has people that he is putting in your place, that he is putting in, in your path, amen, to encourage you, to uplift you with his word. Know that he is giving you comfort. He is comforting you. That even in your time of sickness right now, it is nothing like the disease that you had before Christ. Mm, think about that one. Think about that one. Maybe you're, maybe you're fighting some health issues, but you're in Christ right now. You're in Christ. You're in his hands. Is there any better place to be? We could have died in our sin. See, but God is so gracious and he loves us. Prayer is effective. Prayer is powerful. And God hears it. Jesus speaks these words in Matthew 7, 8. He says, for everyone who asks receives. What do those get when they ask? They receive. They receive. Whoever asks receives. The Bible says that. Receives what? A, 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 a deaf ear? No. Receives no, uh, uh, no response whatsoever? No. He says, he who asks, receives. When you pray, you are going to get a response. That's Jesus' words. 
says, anyone who seeks, they find. If you are looking for it, you will find it. He says, if, you would, if, if, if only you will knock, the door will open. Do you sense the urgency in Jesus' words? He says, if you ask, you're going to receive. And if you seek, you are going to find. And if you knock, the door is going to be open to you. But you need to do it. You need, to, you need to do it first. It's that same urgency that Moses spoke with to the Israelites before he left this earth, before going into the fourth quarter. See, when you and I pray, we need to remember that God is good. <laughs> you need her all the time. Amen. You need to remember that. And at every perfect, the Bible says, every perfect and good thing comes from the Father in heaven. Who does not change? He doesn't change. Every, perf every perfect and good thing comes from him, and it's going to keep coming from him as long as you and I keep seeking him. Lastly here is we need commitment. Not only do we need a strong prayer life, but we need commitment. This is crunch time. It's the fourth quarter. Nowadays, people want the ability to just move on from anything, to move on from jobs, to move on from relationships, to move on from their relationship with God. Ah, you know what? This church thing, this isn't for me anymore. You know, no one, no one here says that, but maybe if you're watching and God has you at a place right now where you thank God you're watching, thank God you're watching, but maybe, maybe you think, oh, this church thing isn't for me anymore. Well, my question is, since when, and please don't take any offense to this, since when did church become about us? When did coming through these doors become about ourselves? See, if we're thinking that, then we're coming with the wrong mindset. And if that's you today, and maybe you're here, maybe you're watching, thank God you are watching because God is going to heal you this morning. God is going to give you understanding of what this, the, the body of Christ and the gathering of the saints is all about in the first place. See, because I believe God wants to take eyes off of ourselves and to look at others. Not at others' faults, but how to serve them. How can I serve someone else? How can I be in a, of an encouragement to someone else? When I walk through these doors, my mind is, is, is not, what, not what I can get, but what God is going to do in someone else's life today. And as I continue to serve, as I can get this, as I continue to serve in the house of God, God is going to continue to meet my needs. Oh, man, this is, this is amazing. This is amazing here. 
Because you don't have to do anything except serve. That's it. When you walk through these doors, you just serve. You serve someone. In whatever capacity that is, you serve. And you will watch as you continue to see God provide for your every single need. And you didn't even have to say it. You didn't even have to remind him. He just knows what you need. He's awesome. He's your father. He's your heavenly father. He's your creator. There's people that need prayer. Are you praying for people? Are you encouraging others who are getting weary in the battle? Maybe someone sitting next to you is getting weary in the battle. What are you doing to encourage them? What are you doing to lift them up? Why? Because we're a team. The body of Christ, we're one. We're, we're a unit. And if we are to be victorious, it's going to be together. No one's crossing the finish line first here. We're doing this together. We're doing this as a team. There's no, there's no spiritual MVPs here. I'm sorry. There's no Heisman trophies for anyone here. There's just that Lombardi trophy at the end <laughs> for all of us as a team, amen? But there's so much more than that, than trophies on earth, what God has in store for you and I. Oh, man. Crown of righteousness. Oh, man. Whew. Your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Oh, man, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that because the devil doesn't have a magic eraser for that. He can't take your name out of that book. It's in that book. It's inscribed in that book and no one can take it out. This is the hope that you and I have. As the worship team comes forward this morning, See, you and I may make choices to stop loving others, to stop fighting for this and for that, to stop forgiving, to stop showing love. I'll tell you this right now. You and I can stop showing love when God stops loving you. There it is right there. You and I can stop forgiving when God stops forgiving you. Are you grasping that right now? Because God's never going to stop loving you. He's never going to stop forgiving you. If you ask for his forgiveness, he's going to forgive you because that's who he is. God loves you regardless. Why? Because you are his. You are his, you are his creation a very special creation. And he's never going to stop loving you. So guess what? God loves this church. God loves the world. It doesn't matter what we want to stop doing. God still loves mankind. And God says, I'm going to use anyone and anything to reach my children. I'm going to reach them because I will never stop loving them. Even though we as people come to places where we stop loving 
Well, I don't love them anymore because they did this. And I don't love this anymore because of that and this. It doesn't matter what we think. God never stops loving. The moment that he stops, then we can stop. Galatians 6, 9, uh, 6, 9, Paul writes this, and he says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Church, you and I are in the fourth quarter. We're in the fourth quarter right now. What are you gonna do? The game is on the line. Are you gonna sit back and say, I don't have what it takes? We can't do this. I'm gonna just sit on the sidelines. I'll watch you guys do it. Go, go. No, we need you. We need you in the game. Get up, get up, get in this fight. Get back in this battle right now. We're winning this as a team. We're winning this together. God has given us the opportunity today to choose life. To choose life as Moses, as Moses so strongly urged the Israelites to do. Choose life. I beg you, I plead with you. I'm about to leave this earth. And if I'm gonna leave you with one last thing, it's gonna be to choose life. And the only way to choose life is to choose Jesus Christ. It's the only way. You may have been told that there's other ways, but there's not. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way to the Father. And if you choose him today, if you turn your heart to Jesus Christ, you're gonna live. You're gonna live. And you're gonna be blessed, not only here on earth, but in heaven. You're gonna see God's blessings upon your life when you choose to put on the armor of right living in your life. I love our New Harvest School motto for the sports teams, warriors all for God. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Warriors all for God. That's what you and I are today. We're warriors. We're warriors this morning. Doesn't matter how you look right now. Maybe you look a little tired. <laughs> You're still a warrior. Maybe you didn't finish getting ready all the way. That's all right. You're still a warrior, amen? You're still a warrior. Maybe you're hungry right now. You're thinking about lunch. Don't think about lunch. Amen. We're in a battle. We are warriors. You'll get to eat. Believe you me. 
and we do it all for God. Remember that. Don't ever forget that. We do it for God. It's all for Him. It's always been about Him. And it always will. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter what the world is doing. It's all about God. Doesn't matter what you've been told by the world. <laughs> it's all about God. It doesn't matter what these schools are teaching nowadays to, the, to our kids. It's all about God. It's all about God. And it'll always be about God. And if this world wants to see any kind of healing, then you need to turn your heart to God. You need to turn your heart to God. Those that are watching right now, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you don't believe what I'm saying. This is God's word. This is God's word. You have a choice. You have a choice right now to believe it. And if you don't like it, it doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change the fact that he is coming back for his church. Church, the fourth quarter. It's the fourth quarter. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's fight. Church, let's fight like never before. Let's fight. Let's fight like, our, like, like, like the lives of our loved ones depended on it. Let's fight like, the, like your children and your grandchildren and your, and your children's, your, uh, your great-grandchildren, like their lives depend on it. You fight and you fight and you don't quit until you take that last breath. And God is going to give you everything that you need to do it. Everything that you need. Why? Because he is faithful. Amen. As every head is bowed, every eye closed this morning.